Hello, I am Adam Schwalbe. Welcome to Think Critical. Just a note about the audio quality today. It should be a lot better than it has been in the past. I've recently purchased a new microphone, so hopefully that's better. Uh, getting on topic, um, t- today's episode uh, is all about Bernie Sanders, his history slash his biography, um, and his policies and analysis, plus what I think about him in the future. So let's start out with his biography, or his, a short biography of him. So Bernie Sanders' father uh, immigrated from the uh, Austro-Hungarian Empire uh, from a town uh, near Poland. And his mother was also the daughter of immigrants from Poland. So he's basically the standard. Bernie Sanders basically represents, you know, the standard American story. You know, some immigrants coming in, getting a better life for their children. Uh, And throughout high school... Uh, Bernie Sanders got involved in uh, politics and athletics, so he ran for class president. Unfortunately, he lost. It was the uh, this is the first election that he lost, um, but he did actually fundraise for Korean orphans. And also, he was a track and a basketball star. So here's a quote from him about that. So just some analysis of the developments in his high school years. So obviously, high school for Sanders was, as for many people, was very formative. Um, it started his interest in politics, obviously, with him running for class president and fundraising for the orphans. Um, and his athleticism might be the reason that he's still kicking around, uh, kicking around the Capitol, even at 79. So moving on from high school, uh, in college, that, that was even more instrumental for developing his political ideas. Um, he went to the University of Chicago, and for most of his college career, at least, and he joined the Young People's Socialist League, obviously. That was very formative, considering his current policies. And he was also very active in civil rights. So he joined the uh, CORE, Congress of Racial Equality, and the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, the SNCC. Um, and he was, he led, he was a leader in both of these um, groups. And his activism was a major reason why the University of Chicago actually desegregated. And he also worked for peace. He joined the Student Peace Union. Just so just some analysis of his college years. Throughout his college years, Bernie Sanders obviously locked on to his basically textbook leftist policies, you know, pacifism, civil rights, socialism. Yeah, and so it was just college. If high school was the time where he was sort of testing his beliefs out, college was the time where he was really locking his beliefs. And after college, moving on, he had a few years where he wasn't, um, involved in politics. He did work a couple of odd jobs in New York City, uh, then moved to Vermont and did the same thing, you know, worked some odd jobs. Ran for a couple of offices um, in Vermont as part of the uh, now defunct Liberty Party, um, which was a democratic socialist party, Uh, but he actually failed in those attempts and uh, the party went down in a blaze of glory. But then he did an election that he actually won. Uh, the re-ran for the mayor of Burlington and succeeded. And during this, uh, this time shows what an effective leader Bernie Sanders could be, what, what ambition that he could have, that he could fulfill. So Burlington ranked, at, after, his, after his tenure, Burlington ranked as one of the most livable cities in the United States. In 1987, he was actually ranked as one of America's best mayors. And... One notable policy that he did 
with while he was mayor was his policies around downtown revitalization. So a bunch of rich developers wanted to come in and turn the area into sort of like a luxury place for the rich and powerful. Um, but Bernie Sanders stopped them, and he developed it more to suit uh, more mixed income, uh, you know, more lower income uh, families and businesses. So that was sort of interesting. That um, obviously shows his more socialist beliefs. You know, not necessarily letting the free market decide, but letting his conscience decide. After being the mayor of Burlington, he actually ran for the House of Representatives and obviously won. And he was the first socialist in decades and also the first independent in decades. I believe the last independent was in in 1955 and he, the last independent in was basically a Democrat. Bernie Sanders being an independent, that was sort of sort of new and promising because it allowed him to compromise with Republicans on things. You know, he didn't have to stay locked into the Democratic a Democratic caucus. And obviously he won for Sen- he ran for Senate in I believe the early 2000s he won and then again obviously in 2016 he ran for president and lost and in 2020 he failed his presidential run again. So that was just a quick biography of Bernie Sanders. Now let's get into his policies. So for a lot of them, I'm going to group them into either pragmatic, populist, or a mix. I'm obviously going to give reasoning for that. And his first policy on the docket is about global warming. So he views it as a very grave threat, and I agree, since it is very bad. (laughs) I, I should not have to explain why. He does, though, support the Green New Deal, which honestly, in my opinion, has too much new deal not enough green in it just my opinion though also i believe the thing passed wasn't even a real bill it was just a directive telling congress to pass the bill or non-binding directive but so yeah that's something i don't necessarily agree with but you know i I think his heart's definitely in the right place in terms of the climate so obviously his focus on economic issues are textbook leftist so obviously he's concentrating his policies around fixing income and wealth inequality. And I think that this is definitely a mix of populist and pragmatic. So it's obviously populist because it appeals to the people. Um, also, it makes sense just from a logical standpoint. Countries with huge income disparities, I don't know, they never really have done well in the past. You know, think of like, I don't know, feudal Europe, you know, you got the Russian Empire, you know. States which had huge income inequalities and people with no hope of social mobility never really did well. So I, I, do, I do think that his he, that policy could definitely be considered pragmatic. So obviously also focuses a lot on poverty. Uh, and raising the minimum wage, yeah, this is a mix. Um, it has its merits, but to be honest, this is just my opinion. I believe that it, like a union collective bargaining thing could do well, and I think it really should be up to states how much they want to raise their minimum wage. For example, fifteen dollars an hour in New York would maybe be like the base mint, the, like the least amount of money that you could sustain yourself on. But like I don't know, in rural Arizona, say fifteen dollars an hour might be like a fortune. Obviously, I was just pulling those um, pulling those examples out of my butt, but regardless, I do think that states themselves should determine minimum wage, or collective bargaining unions, stuff like that. Universal health care. So I honestly, I, I see this as populism. So 
there's no feasible way that universal health care could be instituted. Even just considering the debate around Obamacare, which was far less radical and passed 10 years ago. Just considering the debate around that, there's no way, and all the inertia around that, there's no way that he could get this passed. His universal health care plans are just pandering to, uh, to the idealism of his supporters. Alrighty, canceling all student debt. That is probably one of his most populist policies. What happens to the people that are currently in college? What happens to the people that have yet to go to college? If you just cancel the student debt, it's not really a policy that's necessarily going to do very good. It's not going to work for a lot of people. And also, you're just appealing to basically young millennials. I I, I don't see that as pragmatic in the least. Already in next on the economic policies and making making public colleges and universities tuition free i could see this as sort of a mix it could definitely help or this this could definitely increase social mobility in the country but i don't see this passing anytime in the near future just considering the inertia around a lot of like education policies in dc expanding social security benefits eh, this is a mix it might be doable but how much would this really help? That's the real question. I don't believe that it would help too much. I'd be more in favor of a UBI, you know, Yang Gang, but that's just me. He's also against free trade, and this is, this is, I'd say populism. So protectionism is a legitimate stance, but it just encourages nationalism and discourages international cooperation, which conflicts with his next policy, wish for increased international cooperation which I believe is useful because um, it's useful. It's definitely pragmatic because less death is good. You know, go on a limb there and say that. A decrease in military spending. Eh, this is mixed. Um, pacifism is a legitimate stance, but I'd say that that would be like reducing military spending would have probably devastating effects on the world because basically the U.S. has a large military budget so that all other countries don't have to. We basically protect the world, and in doing so, we can advance our interests there, uh, and on the wider on the wider world stage. I don't think that military spending would be good decreased, or I don't think it would be good to decrease military spending. Um, but again, that it is a legitimate standpoint. People have arguments for that. I'd label that as both pragmatic and populist. He's also against Turkey, and again, it's a legitimate stance. Um, probably a little bit of both. I'm not for it, personally, and I do think it conflicts with his inter increased international cooperation stance, but it's a legit policy. It's not populism. He's also anti-gun, eh, pragmatic, and he's also socially liberal. And that's not a hard policy choice, so I'm not going to um, separate that into one of our, our categories, but overall, I think Sanders is not like purely populist or purely pragmatic. I think he's he definitely is a mix of policies, some good and some wish, just wishful thinking. And if I were to rank him on an A to F scale, I'd probably give him a C for his um, pragmatic versus populist policies. Okay, now let's talk about where does Sanders, what what does the future hold for Bernie Sanders? And I, I for me, I don't believe that he'll be active for too much longer. He's 79 years old. He's based, I'm, in my view, he's basically been sustained on the athleticism that he gained as a young child or as a high schooler. And the question is how much longer that can sustain him. Um, 
probably at a high estimate, he has 10 more years in office. But the, also the question is how much more time does he want to spend in office? Does he want to spend his dying days in, on, on the Capitol trying to you know, negotiate? It's a real question. Um, and I think just he'll have to pass the torch of democratic socialism in the U.S. Um, to other members of Congress soon. Or maybe AOC. Um, definitely one. So that was my um, take on Bernie Sanders, his life, his policies, and his future. Um, if you have any questions, comments, if I made any factual inaccuracies in this video, tweet at us at thinkcriticalpc. Um, I'm Adam Schwalbe, and I will see you in the next episode.